Hi, this is Kendra. This is Olivia. This is Lindsay. And this is our music oddcast. Today we're going to be talking about Sid and Nancy. Okay. Sid Vicious was born John Simon Ritchie in 1957. His mother moved to Ibiza shortly after Ritchie was born. His mom, Anne Beverly, who looked a lot like the actress who plays Catelyn Stark. I don't know if anybody else known as that. <laughs> That's legit. <laughs> she used him to smuggle drugs when he was a toddler. In 71. Wow. <laughs> I know. Great start. He and his mother moved to East London. That's where he met John Lydon in 1973 while they were students at Hackney Technical College. <laughs> Around this time, I thought this was kind of interesting, Chrissy Hind from The Pretenders tried to convince both John and... I'm going to start calling him Sid now because we talked about how his name is John, but John Lydon. Yeah, right. It's going to get confusing. Yeah. So John and Sid were both asked if they would marry her so she could get a work permit. <laughs> I read something about that yeah. too, yeah. yeah. That's dope. They should have done it. I know. Can you imagine how like none of this would have happened? Right. Oh, shit. <laughs> Very true. Okay, so Sid started playing in bands in 1976. This is also when he started forming his punk rock persona and acting out, getting in fights, throwing glasses and bottles at shows. Yeah, I was, um, so he was supposed to be the singer of The Damned. And then he, they said, oh, well, he didn't show up to the audition. Um, But he kind of tried to spin it as like, Oh, they didn't tell me where it was, or they like, you know, were like withholding that. the audition from me. So like, then he went to a damned show, and he tried to throw a glass at the the actual singer, and it shattered on a pillar and like bounced back, and it partially blinded an audience member. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> Some girl that was in the audience, yeah. Punk as fuck. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, he was he was just pissed because he thought that they like were purposely trying to like, leaving like, him out. Yeah, leaving him out. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So the Pistols formed in 1972, but didn't really take off until John Lydon, a.k.a. Johnny Rotten, was discovered by manager Malcolm McLaren in 1975. The band was signed by EMI in 1976, and Sid joined the band in 1977 after then-bassist Glenn Matlock left the band. He was asked to join mostly because he was at all of their shows, and then... Also, Malcolm McLaren said that he was described as having the iconic punk rock look. Right. And I've always (laughs) kind of heard about that. Like, did the Sex Pistols, like, form themselves or was it kind of like a put together band? Because you said 1972, right? Was that like, did they already kind of have the, like, image and stuff or was that later with? I think that it, you know, really became a, a punk rock image when John Lydon joined the band. That's at least from what I okay. was reading. That makes yeah. sense. Because yeah. people would always kind of give him shit for being, like, manufactured and, like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean... Yeah. Definitely always heard that rumor. <laughs> and McLaren also said in several interviews that he would have asked Sid to be the singer if he would have met him first because he thought that he had more of, like, the whole look mm-hmm. and attitude to come along with it. But Johnny Rotten seems like he has a lot of the, the attitude. Gross. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Then he did a lot of stuff after that. Like, he yeah. did fine. <laughs> Everything that I found said that he wasn't much of a bassist. No. That no. He, he didn't like, even know how to play before. He was a shit musician. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, he used to play drums in a couple other bands, so I don't know if he actually could play the drums, and it was just <laughs> bass that 
I mean, I yeah. think a lot, one of them requires a lot more like technical, you know, so I don't know. I always think it's funny. Yeah. Th- so that also kind of goes back to like the whole, like just, Oh, we found this guy. He's like this pretty boy. That's like got a rough cut, like attitude and so um, you can play bass, right? Uh, yeah, no, of course you can. Here you go. Like you're in the band now. Like yeah, it'd be funny. Like just thinking about all the bands that all of us have been in. Like, right. can you imagine if that's how it worked? <laughs> I guess it could have sounded the same for some of the earlier stuff, for sure. Yeah. What <laughs> do you mean? Okay, and. Okay, Steve Jones, the guitarist, actually played most of the bass parts on their debut album. Mm. One, because he couldn't really play, and two, because he was actually in the hospital due to hepatitis from drug use. Yeah, they let him play on Bodies, I think, but then they just, that was like the only song they let him play on, but then I think they ended up just like overdoing it it anyway. Yeah. Okay, the band started their U.S. tour in January of 1978, which only lasted two weeks, and that's <laughs> mostly due to McLaren's interference and Sid's growing heroin habit. He hit an audience member in the head with his bass while on that tour, and then after the 78 show in San Francisco, <laughs> the group fell apart. Oh my God. Okay, so bass to the face has anyone else in this little circle of us right now been hit in the face with a guitar i've hit myself in the face with the guitar i don't think so probably not i did once i was at this like show and like the guitar player was like rocking out and then it just like was like swinging his guitar around and it just totally nailed me in the face oh, it was so too. funny though <laughs> Because it was totally an accident, and he, like, ran up to me afterwards. He's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, can I get you a drink? Like, I'm so sorry. That was pretty funny, though. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel cool. Also terrible. But also, like, not, like, it's bad luck. Yeah. Or is it good luck? I don't know. I made a friend, so that's (laughs) cool, I guess. I know. It's dangerous when you're, like, standing really close and... I know. Especially when you're over on that side of the I'm always, like, low-key afraid. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Low-key afraid. Like, whenever I'm, like, too close to the stage, I'm like, am I going to get hit in the face again? (laughs) Even when there's a lot of you on stage while you're playing, it's really easy to get, like, hit or trip over a chord or something. Mm. It can be dangerous, especially, like, if you take your shoes off, which I always did. Yeah. Okay, so the group fell apart, and Sid started his solo career at this point with Nancy acting as his manager. So the pair... That sounds like <laughs> a good idea. Right? <laughs> yeah. The pair met in 1977 after Nancy, already known as a groupie and a prostitute in the punk scene, followed Jerry Nolan and Johnny Thunders of the Heartbreakers to London. They also brought heroin there, I read. Yeah. So... Yeah, kind of everything that I saw kind of made it out like she was the one that brought everybody the drugs. And I'm like, I don't think that like just some girl from like Pennsylvania is just like getting all these people already in bands into drugs. I'm sure they had their own like. Right. It's it's easy to make a scapegoat out of somebody that's dead, I guess. It really is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like this quote that I read, though. It said, the Heartbreakers brought heroin to England, um, the heroin uh, to the England music scene and almost wiped out the punk scene. Because it got so bad. Yeah. Not surprised. Yeah. So Nancy had a pretty rough start early on. Yeah, yeah. I I remember her, her mom wrote a book about her that I read, like, when I was in high school, and... So then I just kind of like went back through and was, you know, looking up stuff. And because I remember when I read it, I was like, wow, this is 
pretty intense. But um, so when she was born, she suffered oxygen deprivation to her brain because she was born with umbilical cord wrapped around her neck. Um, and then her mom also said that when she was a baby, she did nothing but scream, but like more than a baby should. Like more yeah. than colicky babies? Yeah, yeah. Like just 24-7, always screaming like so much that the doctor actually prescribed a liquid barbiturate. <laughs> Dang. Like they, you know, they don't make those anymore because they're... Especially for children. That especially are for children, especially for, for infants. Um, I wonder if that's what inspired the whole, um, during the entire movie, Sydney! Maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, it was weird because I watched a bunch of like interviews with them and stuff and I never once heard her say that. It was more like a, it was more like a quiet, like, Sid, please yeah. get up. Yeah, right? <laughs> like they made her just like so ridiculous. She's so obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. Like the one interview that I watched was, um, I don't know if you guys have seen it because it's like one of the first things that comes up um, where they're like in bed. Yeah. In the hotel, like, <laughs> he's like just nodding off the whole time and she's kind of trying to like keep them together and like keep him like like goes and gets some coffee and keeps like trying to wake him up and like you know it totally seems like the the more rational one maybe yeah. at that moment right um so um she was kicked out of school when she was 11 and sent away to a boarding school she was diagnosed with schizophrenia when she was 15 and did have a suicide attempt as well um so then she was kicked out of the University of Colorado because I think she was like smuggling stolen property like in her room or something. I'm not sure what exactly. Tight. Um, so that was in 1975 and that's, she was 17 and she moved to New York after getting kicked out of, of school. So, um, yeah, I think that's where she, I think that's where she met, uh, Johnny Thunders and everything and then ended up following them on tour. And met Sid. So the two were nearly inseparable after meeting. The band hated her instantly. Said due to her abrasive, crass behavior, they called her domineering and combative. She was banned from the U.S. tour, which <laughs> I probably would have to. Yeah, um, yeah. That's I think that's like kind of like the rule number one. Like in bands, it's like never Don't let bring. your girlfriend or boyfriend on tour. Yeah, like never. That's why it's weird when you hear about people that take their families. Oh, yeah. That would be insane. I mean, I guess I could see it, like, later in life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just if you're, if you're, like, we're, like, we're this band that's been around for 30 years, and we're all in our 60s or 70s, (laughs) and, like, we're just on the retirement run. Like, yeah, bring your family for that. That's fine. Like, have a cookout in the parking lot. Like, no big deal. Nobody's, like, trying to, like, do crazy stuff. I was going to say, or if you have, like, a super nice tour like setup which i assume that they probably didn't (laughs) still nope nope because like every time i've gone on the road with a band and somebody's significant other comes there's always drama there's it's always them fighting and then it's like airing their dirty laundry in front of the whole band and it's like not even anything that anyone's doing on purpose or anyone's bad it's just Obnoxious, like and I hate it. A so too much, yeah. like private life. So quote it's me like on this. Like for the rest of my of life, time. like I, if I'm ever like, yeah, I'm gonna bring my boyfriend or husband or whatever <laughs> on tour, just be like, bitch, you talked about this and we have it recorded, <laughs> and you are not allowed to do that because it's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry. Oh. <laughs> Tangent over. Yeah. <laughs> 
So um, he was already a drug addict at that time. Yeah, yeah. But it says that being introduced to heroin made him increasingly dependent mm-hmm. on drugs and Nancy. Um, yeah, it kind of, everything that I was reading, which, like, once again, I know they were both total train wrecks, but they kind yeah. of try to uh, make it that just everything is Nancy's fault. I'm like, oh, like, yeah. Sid was so shy and sweet. And I'm like, he had a lot of uh, violent tendencies. Like, a lot of outbursts. Yeah, yeah. Like, you guys already, like, said a bunch of, like, exactly. Already, yeah, like, yeah. Just, like, like, after he was, after he was arrested for, for Nancy's murder and he, like, um, the record label bailed him out. And then he like immediately went back to jail again because he attacked Patty Smith's brother with a beer mm-hmm. bottle. So, jeez. While watching Who Killed Nancy too, did you see the part about the cat? I did not. I don't okay, maybe it wasn't on that thing. one. I I watched a couple. I watched so it. Might have been a different it, one. But- uh, that sounds kind of familiar, though. What's the thing with the cat? Is it going to make you super sad? It's really sad. That's he okay. was. Do you want to hear it still? Yeah, that's okay. Fine. I'll <laughs> be was, all right. He was over at a friend's house, and they were doing drugs and hanging out. And he took the cat, like the family cat, and hung it. Like he made a noose, Ugh. hung it, and it suffered. It was a like a long thing. It Ugh. like shit itself and pissed everywhere. That's and, terrible. Yeah. So I mean, if you can do that, you are probably capable capable of doing other. Terrible, violent things. I don't know. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, let's see. The pair moved into the Chelsea Hotel on August 24th, 1978. Other famous hotel guests include Bob Dylan, Patti Smith, Jackson Pollock, Nico, Muhammad Ali. Have you guys ever read um, Just Kids? Like the book by Patti Patti Smith? Smith. Yeah. It's really cool because it talks a lot about, like, it's that book's kind of like her relationship with Robert Maplethorpe. Um, but it's really cool because she like talks about like living in the Chelsea and like how they were like artists and all this stuff and like all the beginnings of her career and his career. And it's, I don't know. It seems like there were a lot of, um, artists and then like struggling actors and junkies and yeah, because like the person like would like lent, like let them pay for their rooms with art and stuff like that. So it's like, it was like kind of the spot for like all the people that weren't established at all to like yeah. start out, have a place to sleep. <laughs> I remember watching the Andy Warhol movie too, Chelsea Girls. Did you guys ever see that? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah. It had Nico in it also. It was just like a, a short thing, but yeah. I was going to say, cause weren't a lot of his movies just kind of like a shot of a building for like four hours or <laughs> sometimes or like someone getting a haircut or yeah 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 smoking a cigarette or something yeah like Edie Sedgwick <laughs> getting her haircut on the steps outside yeah like, yeah <laughs> so then the murder yes October 11th in the evening the couple had a small party where Sid was seen taking 30 tablets of tunnel tunnel yeah I'm not sure how you yeah again with barbiturates I know. like also a dose that probably would have killed most people because yeah. 30 of anything sounds really mm. extreme. So obviously he was pretty used to it. Yeah. Because the tolerance, obviously. Yeah. Around 2.30 a.m., Sponge and Ass dealer um, Rockets Red Glare. Yes, that was the, the <laughs> bodyguard. Yeah, whoever. his bodyguard. Wait, his name is Rocket, Rocket Red Glare. Yes. What the awful. fuck? Very that is patriotic. The, no, that is like the coolest <laughs> name. That's like, like 
Like that guy needs to like be in the army or like, like do something really significant with his life other than like this sad story, you know? (laughs) Um, because like, how would you not be like the guy that's teaching MMA fighting with a name like rocket red glare? Like that's so ridiculous. (laughs) I think his real name was Michael something. It was his nickname, but still. Still. Doesn't really matter. Like, I'm just imagining karate pants on that motherfucker right now. Like, (laughs) it's definitely all I'm seeing. So go on. There there were, in that that Who Killed Nancy documentary, there were a lot of people with cool names. There was a guy named Neon Leon. Yeah. And the guy with, like, the cool hair. And then, like, uh... Oh, they were talking to that one guy where his, like, only, like, credit... His name was Howie Pyro. Yes. And his, like, He's in a band, too, Oh, he is? I think so. Okay, yeah, because it said underneath his name, like, it just said, like original punk or something but he looked really young like he looked like he couldn't really be any older than like 40 and they made that in like 2009 i was like doesn't quite add up he did look young still did you guys ever have punk rock names i didn't know no you were Lindsay sod yeah that's true because you're in the sods mick sod Lindsay mick sod yeah yeah okay i guess that kind of counts i like originally was kendy bogey but then then I think the one that stuck was like Kendi Overthrow because that sounds fucking tight. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. But then it's really funny because if you Google that, because I, you know, when you're 18 and you're bored, I'm like, oh, let me Google myself. Right. Um, apparently there was a dictator named Kendi that was overthrown. <laughs> so it's kind of awesome what? that. <laughs> I didn't know that. So that'd yeah. be a good band name. Yeah. Well, yeah, the band was, yeah, I won't mention it on this, but yeah, it was just funny. So. Overthrow was in the band name, of course. Okay. So it was around, you said around 2.30 is when she had asked a Yeah, she wanted Dilaudid, which yes. is an opioid painkiller. Yep. And then the next verified claim is that one of the neighbors heard moaning from the couple's apartment around 7.30 a.m. Mm. And then it was about 10 when he, uh, did he call down to the desk? Well, first he, he got up around eight and he woke up in blood, but didn't seem to think it was that big of a deal. Um, and cause he was well, going to get used his, to like throwing bottles and shit at people all the time. Like I, yeah. I would assume that blood wasn't after like you take like 30 tablets of, well, was it yeah, yeah, he thought he had pissed himself because he was in so much blood. So, cause it was, you know, just wet everywhere. So he got up, saw her in the bathroom and didn't think that she was dead at that point. So he went to go get methadone for both of them. That's right. I did see that in the, in the documentary. Yeah. And too. then he came he back and then, like in the and that's when he clinic. actually discovered her. Or discovered that she was dead. Damn. Yeah, she was stabbed once in the lower abdomen with a knife. And it was a slow bleed. She would have made it if anybody would have done anything about it. If they weren't all passed out. Right. Because she must have passed out too and just laid there and moaned, died. Damn. She'd get up and go to the bathroom at some point. So mm-hmm. um, there's also, I don't know if you guys saw this too, but... Um, at one point, it must have been before he took all the tablets, he got into a fight with the like the manager of the hotel that same night. I couldn't verify that, but okay. there was... Yeah, I didn't... I didn't they had an episode that. with that guy before he was passed out and seen by a lot of people passed out. Um, he was arrested later that morning, and at first he confessed, but they said that he was pretty confused and out of it at that point, because there was a lot of different stories. Where yeah, like one of them was like, he said that he stabbed her, but he didn't mean to kill her. Yeah. And then it was like, I don't know what happened at all. And then, you know, he thought that she had attempted suicide. A lot of people seems to 
like seem to think that that is still a very big possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 days after her death, he attempted suicide by cutting his wrist with a light bulb. He was arrested again on December 9th for the incident you were talking about with Todd Smith mm-hmm. at a New York club. And then also something that I couldn't verify, but I thought it was kind of interesting. They said that Mick Jagger paid for his lawyer. I saw that too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and he never was like public about it or anything, at least not for a long time. So I guess he kind of like, if, if that did indeed happen, I guess a lot of people were like kind of praising him for not like, you know, expecting like... yeah press or anything for that yeah yeah so that's crazy because the band manager bailed him out um both times but right which is weird that they let him out one like after he had the incident after you know being suspected of murder usually mm-hmm. if someone has like a violent outburst at that point they're like oh you're gonna stay in jail until your trial but they let him out for some reason i mean well it was like the 70s right yeah yeah, it, yeah. and or was it 78 okay yeah yeah, so it was like 1978, and he's a rock star. Like, yeah, I mean, it's true. They're a little bit more strict now, but not really. Yeah. Like, if you have money, you can do anything you well, want. Well, even yeah. you know, talking about the crime scene, they mm-hmm. let people walk through it. There was a photographer that mentioned that he went in. He just wasn't allowed to take pictures, and he saw her body. So people were like traipsing in and out, and then that rockets red glare. The guy that was seen with, um, <laughs> I'm gonna laugh every time. Like I feel like every time you say his name, we should have like a little like, <laughs> little, like yeah or something or like, like five just, seconds of the national anthem. Yeah, or, <laughs> like light a sparkler in your heart. Some for rockets red glare. <laughs> but he had their money because they had a bunch of money from um, the song, the My Way cover that he mm-hmm. did. Yep. And it was wrapped in her hair tie. So that ended up with that guy. So, I mean, did he come in after and take the, the money or did he come in? Was it Rockets Reckler that had that? Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. they A lot of the stuff, too. Did you see where they were talking about this mystery man? Like the Michael. junkie or well, something? That like he had like an S name. Up? It was like. Oh. Um, yeah. It, was, it wasn't like. Because I heard Snake I or saw something, or something about weird. like how he Ooh. was the one that had money. And stuff like that too, which I don't know. It was like, it was a guy that they had done drugs with. That was the yeah the rockets guy because he was okay. supplying them. Sometimes they call him Michael. I believe okay. that could be wrong. Sometimes Michael they call him Rockets. rockets. That so makes the same guy. So yes, yes. Okay. So then, I'm just like really disappointed that like the minimal research I did on this because let's face it, it was I just like fun. making commentary. I don't I don't need to know things. You can't but. find a lot that's verified. Too. Yeah. It there's like really a lot hard. of like yeah, oh, this person's like this, this hot person's mess. That. Like it really is. Like it was just Yeah. It's wow. hard to find a timeline. Even that, you know, that thing that I read about uh, Rocket's Red Glare uh, <laughs> confessing <laughs> to people when he was at CBGB, like yeah. that was just um, the only like info I could find on that was Phil Strongman. He's an author. Uh, he wrote Pretty Vacant, The History of Punk. He said something about it, but I don't know like any of the circumstances or if that's even verified. Yeah, he took off just... right after her death, too. Yeah, yeah. So, and is he suspicious? Uh, I believe he is. Because um, I think that was like the thing where they're like, well, we'll never be able to prove anything or have a trial about it because yeah. everyone's dead. Uh, yeah, he's see. still... I, at least when the documentary that I watched was filmed, um, he was still alive. Okay. He died in 2001. So I lied. (laughs) And he kind of looks like Gary Busey. Oh my God. (laughs) That's, um, (laughs) doesn't he? Isn't that, what's his name though? Um, 
oh, shit, what's his name? Um, he's nominated for an Oscar. Okay, so is that like he an was actor in, that was portraying him? Yes, the guy. Oh, is this like from Sid and Nancy or something? Probably. I don't know if that was. You're, he's supposed to have like a really giant dick. Um, and, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, like yeah, he was I'm in. Fascinated. Like, the he, guy that's gonna that, that's nominated for an Oscar and has a really big dick. Yes, <laughs> he. Hold on, I'm gonna look him up because he was also in Life Aquatic. William Defoe. Yes, William Defoe. Oh, that was yeah. William Defoe. Oh, yes, um, no, dick. you're right. Yeah, it is. they in that, that, that movie. Um, is it? Which he's in a movie and they were gonna have like a sex scene and they couldn't use his real dick because it was too big. That it looked <laughs> the, the too big for for the movie they thought it would look comical. Wow. Because yeah. Good you know what? Good, Good on you, you William Defoe. Defoe. Yeah. I know. Like congratulations. That's <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. I'm like like I don't wanna think about William Defoe's dick. No Mm-mm, offense, William really. Defoe, but He's a good actor. But now I'm going to like not be able to help myself. Mm-hmm. Like, thanks a lot. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's for like John Hamm, how they always talk about how he has like a giant bulge in his pants and you have to look every time you see a picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like that one picture is just like straight up outlined. Oh my God. Like, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. That was, uh, that was Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I can't find a picture of Rockets Red. Yeah. I think so he I just was think in one of the documentaries, like, like kind of a chubby guy. <laughs> So I'm just going to really think of him as being like a, like a Gary Busey, Willem Dafoe like combo. I think that fits. Yeah, that's fine. That's just how I'm going to picture him in my mind. I like that you think that Gary Busey and William Dafoe look alike. I don't, but they have like the crazy hair. I was going to say in the no, picture. For in sure. The kind of like wild look about their no, eyes. In that picture, sure looked, like you're justified. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like really the happy. The big dick. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently Rocket's Red Glare was in Desperately Seeking Susan. He was a stand-up comedian. Huh. He had all kinds of stuff. Wow. That was weird. Anyway. <laughs> well, Sid died of a drug overdose soon after on the evening of February 1st. He'd been clean during his stay at Rikers Island and had completed a methadone program. He had eaten twice that night, the first time his friends revived him, and then took him home. And then this is where it gets fuzzy, again, because some, like you were mentioning that his mom um, yeah, his, gave him the money. Yeah, the like, that's, what I, that's what I read, is like that his mom was the one that like helped him get the heroin, or like gave him the money for it, because he was broke and going through all this stuff, and she's like, oh, well, he's having a hard time. So, yeah, you can have some heroin, honey. Yeah, mother of the year. Honey, But then I saw that she actually gave him the lethal dose, but once again, you know, not confirmed anywhere. But then again, like, this is like, I mean, I don't really feel like that's a far-fetched theory, considering she was using him as a drug mule as a toddler. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's a totally believable story. Yeah, they were having... um, The night that that happened, they were having a party at his new girlfriend's house. Apparently he... Moved on kind of quick. Yeah, she was kind of like a Nancy 2.0. Yeah, yeah. She kind of... Yeah, she kind of looked like her a little bit. She had like dark hair though. She didn't quite have the same, but it was like... Yeah. They sort of looked a little bit alike, but... That's sad. um, Let's see what else. So did he actually die like at the party or was it like later he like went home or... I didn't get yeah. the location. Yeah, just I didn't that. know if like, you were able to find any more details. You know, than yeah, it was hard to find was. anything consistent, but mm-hmm. um, just that his mother took part in it somehow and yeah. that it happened the evening of February 1st. 
And she actually found his dead body too. Yeah. Ultimate enabler. Yeah. And then they, um, that's why they made that who killed Nancy documentary in the first place, because I guess, uh, the, uh, so his mom, uh, committed suicide in 1996 mm-hmm. and she had asked um this filmmaker alan parker to kind of like, clear her son's name yeah because yeah, she was convinced until the day that she died mm-hmm. that he was innocent and that he didn't kill her which once again if you're like hanging cats up and i know not a i know match. see that's why i'm like wondering it's like did he do it yeah like i think he did do you i do i mean it it wouldn't be surprising to Plus hear that it was like, like a drug murder, also, but or that she killed herself. Like, yeah, I think honestly, it's like some theories are really too some surprising point. or far fetched. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like whether he did or he didn't. Like, I think it's kind of weird that it's like this like glorified thing where it's like there's a dead woman. Yeah, but everyone like it just feels so typical. That everyone's trying to clear the dude's right, name. Right, of course. And like, and I get it. Like, if he didn't do it, that sucks. And I'll take my words back. But I mean, we'll never fucking know. Seems you like know he didn't I mean? even really know for sure what happened. I do think that that was real. Yeah. But and like, what did he stab her with? Like, what was she stabbed with? Was it a knife or yeah, was it? Yeah, it was a knife. Okay. And I guess it was... Did you read anything about, like, it was the same knife that he saw... D.D. Ramon give to somebody as yeah. like a gift. And he's like, oh, I want one too. He wanted that night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... So it was like with his knife. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But Which I mean, wonder came how in, much they investigated that. Like, like maybe they just saw that knife somewhere. I don't know if they actually, you know, found it with her blood on it or if they even tested, yeah. you know, anything. So basically, <laughs> whoever was in charge of that murder investigation really fucked it up. Yeah, yeah. Like I was gonna say we have like a botched it. crime scene, which is super common too. I mean, like the John Benet Ramsey thing—they let so many people into the house. Yeah, and there's yeah. So I mean, that's something that you know still happens pretty it's regularly. So sad because even you know if they do collect evidence, a lot of times you hear about the evidence getting lost mm-hmm. or yeah. contaminated somehow or goes missing. Yep. So sad. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, especially like, I mean, I'm sure there's drugs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Then it was filthy. Their apartment was mm-hmm. like disgusting. There was food and trash and it smelled and, you know, dead person in the, the bathroom. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I don't know how many junkies you guys know, but that sounds about yeah. right. <laughs> like not the dead person in the bathroom, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. That's sad. They even, I think they... <laughs> showed that well in the movie, like the felt that they were living in the other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Just remember that scene where they're like all eating the beans the oh, first thing so in the morning. Gross. Just so gross. I know. I was just about to say something about that. I was like, that whole movie grosses me, me like, out. It's so gross. <laughs> I know. It's I so have gross. a hard time watching any of those like heroin yeah. movies. Like yeah. me too. I don't know. I, it still like blows mm-hmm. my freaking mind that like heroin has like such a big comeback right now. I know. It's like, dude. Because it's not, it's not particularly, uh, it's not glamorized in no. no. <laughs> well, same with math. Yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, I feel like a lot of, a lot of other drugs and stuff can kind of be like glamorized. I can see yeah. how they can kind of look like, you know, but yeah. I mean, like, like that, everybody thinks that like, cocaine is all classy or whatever, but then like, <laughs> But then it's like, then you, 
have the crackheads, you know, right. it's like, it's like, uh, see somebody like smoking it on a corner and you're like, Oh, I guess not. No. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I think that was kind of worded weirdly, but you, you guys know what I mean. Yeah. Like, totally, <laughs> totally. You know, it's, it's no, definitely you're right. not no, it's hilarious. Super like glamorous sort of. No, like there's like film. ads from back in the day, like that were in magazines of like cocaine gear. Like for the the classy house party. Oh, and remember and the the jewelry with like the little coke spoons. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And for like sure. little rings that you could use as a scoop. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember like watching that. What what movie was that with uh Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller and uh, oh, Ryan Felipe? Uh, Cruel Intentions. Yes, yeah. She had that her like little Catholic schoolgirl <laughs> cross thing was like full of coke yeah yeah it's i remember like i used to have like a poison a, ring and i was like but i never did pills or anything so it was kind of pointless for me to have this like cool ring that like held shit in it but i just yeah. like i have a thing for secret compartments i like secret stuff too like yeah, i yeah. really want to have a house someday that has like a room behind a bookshelf absolutely or did you read babysitter's club a lot when you were younger no, okay because because uh one of them she like lived in like a 200 year old farmhouse and like one of the books is entirely about how she finds like the secret passageway that was like uh part of like the underground railroad or something so oh, i remember <laughs> i remember like walking around my house because I, I lived like in a pretty old house i was growing up and like yeah like pushing on the walls and checking everything so i thought maybe you like did the same thing like in indiana like i feel like it wouldn't be for the underground railroad like it would definitely be for bootleggers though yeah, yeah. i'd be like that'd be tight <laughs> yeah. yeah if i ever own a home like there will be some alterations done to make my lifelong dream of weird secret compartments come true. Yeah, I definitely want to either bury something in the yard too or hide something <laughs> in a wall. Like it doesn't even have to be valuable, but mm-hmm. so then somebody will find it someday in question. I don't yeah, know. like why why is this in such an intricate box? This right. is like literally just a toothbrush. Like yeah. <laughs> I get super excited like, to open it up and it's just like well, that's what happened to the murder weapon. Somebody was like, I have an eccentric idea. <laughs> so did you guys read anything about his ashes? Because there's also no. like multiple stories about his ashes because he wanted them scattered on. Well, he wanted to be buried by Nancy. But, but she's they, in a Jewish cemetery. Yeah. 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 What did they what did they do with his ashes? So that Howie Pyro guy claims that he snorted them. Oh, so that's great. Oh, and then man. maybe that's why he looks so young. Maybe they have like <laughs> it was powers the, to keep yeah. you. That's like there's like, <laughs> like a that black metal band and the one dude like blew his brains out. And then like there's like so many rumors going around about like what happened to the dude's brains. And it's like that everybody oh, in the band had pieces brain. of them. Gross. Um, or like, yeah, I mean, but it's also a black metal band. So it's like yeah. they're going to like definitely go for all the crazy rumors. But then also, once again, his mother um, comes in looking great. She supposedly dropped his ashes at the airport, Heathrow Airport, <laughs> and just, like, spilled him. So That's rough. Last, yeah. <laughs> what really happened was portrayed on the Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> that part of that movie is so funny. <laughs> but yeah, so either he was snorted and dumped on her grave, or he was dumped at the airport. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like all of it's just sad. It is. They, like, they, what a neither one really waste. had a chance. Yeah, she was 20 and he was 21. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, God. We were all idiots at that age. I know. Sure, yeah. For sure. Really good times, but man. <laughs> <laughs> all the aggression. Yeah. 
So I don't know, Kendra, based on your limited research, what do you think? Is- <laughs> my my <laughs> non-existent, your non-existent research. research. I'm the one, just in case you guys, you will figure this out if you listen to more than this. I'm the one that doesn't do anything, but just thinks I have a lot of opinions. So the other two ladies on this podcast are rock stars when it comes <laughs> to doing their job and allowing me to just bullshit. It's really just nerdy now on Wikipedia yeah. and other websites. Yeah. Yes. I mean, like, I, I know some stuff, like, it just because I love music. So yeah. I'll yeah, and you knew a lot about the band. To contribute, so. Yeah, I, like, I love the sex pistols. I was going to say, you you were always, like, more, because she and I kind of, like, grew up in the little, like, scene together and everything, but you were always, like, more, like, on the sex pistols than I was. Like, I was just For sure. Like, You're more you know, Clash. Whatever. I love the Clash way more. Yeah, yeah. like, the yeah. I was, but, like... Yeah. Yeah, I guess I went more of the street punk route. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember getting my first Sex Pistols CD from my friend that um, w- always kept a copy of the CD <laughs> in his car just in case someone in the scene didn't have a copy. So that's how I got on the Sex Pistols kick. And then, yeah, it quickly progressed from, like, Sex Pistols and the Misfits and, like, all that stuff, like, the early like punk stuff and Richard Hell and the Voidoids. So then then it was just like crass and anarcho punk and then just really went to aggressive hardcore after that. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of come full circle. Now I'm in like more of a proto punk band, but mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. But Sex Pistols, sorry. I'm like mm-hmm. so distracted today. <laughs> but yeah, no. I yeah, they have they have a deep place in my heart. I have like a second pressing of their their UK release on vinyl, so that's my my nerd moment for that. <laughs> but um, I think I think he killed her. Yeah, that's my that's basically where I'm at. Yeah, like I said, like none of these theories are really all that far fetched. I mean, yeah, could go with any of them. What do you guys yeah. think? I think he killed her. I think so too. I don't, you know, I I don't know if he necessarily like. I mean, I can see it as just kind of like a, you know, not intending to murder, but just fucking around with a knife, being like, oh, like you know, like when people just like carve shit into their chests, and like, you know, I can right. definitely yeah. see just like. Yeah, I I don't really know. I guess that sounds kind of silly, but if he was like on as as many drugs as you know what, what they say yeah, then yeah. Like, he was like aware of at that point yeah i can i can i've seen people see like lose their shit when and, they're like messed up on stuff too yeah, like i've been like, to a lot of easy. really sketchy parties in my life yeah and i've seen some really bad stuff um yeah so like it, it yeah because like when you're that gone like, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing half the time. But that's, I mean, that's not an excuse. That's a life. Right. You right. know, but at the same time, it doesn't sound like there was, like, a history of him, like, being an abuser. Which I think yeah. is why, like, it kind of threw everybody for a loop. Because they're like, wait, no, this guy's, like, nuts about this chick. Like, they yeah. love each other. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, drugs bad, okay? <laughs> like, that's yeah. kind of where it's at. <laughs> Oh, and I, uh, yeah, I actually, uh, it crossed my mind that, so today's February 3rd, and that was, he died oh, on yeah. February 2nd, so it is 40 years ago yesterday. That's Holy crazy. crap. Yeah, so. I didn't I even like, think about that. Yeah, no, I just like, because when I was watching, was it last night, yesterday, that I was watching a little bit of the documentary, I was like, huh, that's today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. So. Very weird. Groundhog day. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, can you imagine reliving that day? I know, my <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So tonight we're drinking lemon water. Yeah. That's the cocktail <laughs> of choice. Tonight. Yes. Yes. Because we are tired and we need hydration. <laughs> yep. Lindsay had a birthday party last night, so we're in recovery mode. I'm feeling a little bit of pain today. Actually, I feel I feel pretty okay. I feel all right. I feel good too. Activated charcoal is no joke. That stuff is really great for hangover prevention. Just putting that out there. <laughs> Give us endorsements. <laughs> That's true. pay for us. I'll also use it to brush my teeth. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Does that work pretty well yeah. with like whitening and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, it makes that. your sink an absolute nightmare mess. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's pretty it's funny well. though. And you also look like really too, creepy though, when you do it. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah, because you have the like gross stuff in between your teeth. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> so. pretty fun. I like it. <laughs> I agree. So, oh, perfect. Are yeah. you guys, before we go, I, I forgot to do it last time, but are you guys like listening to anything cool, watching, um, reading anything worth checking out? Um, I have been still on this rabbit hole of just watching a lot of Asian TV shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's what I've been watching. Mm-hmm. Um, listening. I think I, I decided that I wanted to make a playlist <laughs> on Spotify. Like that is, um, would like if your life was a sound, like a movie, what would the soundtrack be? That's a good And idea. it's not like the songs that you love, but songs that like fit the moment. So I've been kind of on a kick of just listening to really, really random stuff that I don't normally listen to and making this like <laughs> stupid soundtrack for my life. So that's been fun. So I've been like actually revisiting a lot of stuff I listened to when I was younger, which has been really fun. I was say Kendra's yeah. Kendra's like queen of playlists. Like you have a lot I of really playlists. enjoy making them. I yeah, yeah. the idea, and then I never actually do it and regret it later. Well, you can so, follow me on I there, forget. and you can listen to my playlist. I try to make one per season every yeah. year. Yeah, oh, I just played so. like her old like party playlist last night, and it was like went over pretty well. I think yeah. like that's cool. Got yeah. everything, everything from Wu Tang to. Liars on there. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. It was good. But you, you, what are you listening to or um, watching? Uh, oh, I just finished watching that that new thing on Netflix, The Trigger Warning with Killer Mike. Okay. You, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's like he, um, like the first episode, he has to um, only he has to spend three days um, only using products, eating food, transportation, all that stuff, like just by, um, uh, like black people, like business, like black business owners. So like he like is super hungry and he like goes to this like barbecue place. It's like owned by a black family, but then he's like, hold on a second. Did this food come from a black farm, black owned farm? They're like, no. So like he can't eat it. Yeah. And And then there's another episode where, um, he talks about like Hell's Angels are a gang and they like make money off like merchandise and stuff. He's like, well, why can't other gangs do that? So he like gathers a bunch of crips and they like, they like make a soda and like try to market it <laughs> and stuff. It's, it's super, super funny. Or like in another one, they try to start a new religion. Like it's really good. It's like six episodes, but that sounds yeah, dope. it's awesome. <laughs> I love him. Yeah. Yeah. You, you would love it. What about you? Yeah, I've been listening to, I love this podcast, Astonishing Legends. I've been listening to that and listening to the, um, it's an 80s band from England called Stone Roses. I yes, love them. Yes. And been listening to that a lot and watching True Detective. Very I like fun. the new so season. 
great things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've never watched True Detective. I watched <laughs> I really good. most of season one, which is pretty good. I don't know why I didn't stick with it. And then I didn't watch any, like any of season two, but mm-hmm. season three is really good. It has, um, the actor from Moonlight, I can't pronounce his name, but he's so good in everything he's in. Excellent. And Steven Dorff's in it too. And he's doing okay. <laughs> so, we never know what to expect from him. He's yeah. He's all right. Like but he's doing a really good job in this. Same guy that was like in Blade and yeah. then he was in that Sofia Coppola movie. Yeah, where he played himself. Yeah, basically. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Crazy. And I remember watching a random movie too where he was locked in a trunk, I think. And he was like that. It was the whole movie. He carried the movie pretty well, mm-hmm. but you know, another one of those, there was also one with like Ryan Reynolds where he was buried alive. I don't know. I watched oh, all wow. these stupid so stuff. You might have a thing for confinement. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't like that. Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, that's funny. I listen to that Stone Roses album all the time too. So and good. it's, and then they were one of those bands that just had like the one, like really, really great album. Yeah. And then after that it was just kind of like, like, okay. Also, do you remember when, um, you made me go see Harry Potter with you at Follinger? <laughs> And yes. do you remember where like they showed like a, a guy like sitting in like the pub or something like that one scene? And I was like, I was like, I think that was Ian Brown, like from the Stone Roses. Like he has oh. a cameo in, in a Harry Potter There's so movie. many people that have Because I looked it up and it was him. Yeah. Which movie is it? Is it? What was the one we went to go see? I don't know anything Oh, we about went and saw The Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. Yeah. I know exactly what part you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he's but you asked the guys, like, just so you guys know. What's that? Is it the, is, I'm probably not right, but is the place called The Leaky Cauldron? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but just so you guys don't get the wrong idea, Lindsay does not care about Harry Potter. I know what you're going to say. I love Harry Potter. I know One time we were watching, I was getting, I was like, she came downstairs and was like, oh yeah, I'll watch this movie with you. Um, and it was the Half-Blood Prince. And it's one it, of the best ones. And it was during, like, Dumbledore's falling out of the motherfucking tower. Yeah. And she just looks up from her phone, and I'm, like, crying. She's like, bye, bitch. I was like, what? And she's like, I was like, what? And she's like, oh, is he dead or something? I'm like, I hate you so much. She's like, this is, like, the point where, like, everybody gets super emotional, and you just look up and go, bye. (laughs) I I just saw somebody falling. I didn't know it was Dumbledore. I didn't know. It was so funny. I mean, I was just like, I don't know. Like, how are we best friends? You, like, Like, looked at me. You're like, you're heartless. You're heartless. Your soul is black. (laughs) Like, you have no soul. <laughs> I knew you were say that. As soon as I mentioned Harry Potter, I was like, she's going to call me out. <laughs> it was really funny. It's, yeah. <laughs> so what are we talking about next time? Have we... Still to be decided. To be determined. All right. Yeah, so you guys so. are just going to have to wait. So um, this has been our music oddcast, and we hope you join us for our next episode, which we will talk about something we haven't decided on yet. Yep. Ha, ha, ha.